3: A successful Christmas.
0: Yeah, it wasn't awful. And my metric of an awful Christmas is do I cry or experience tremendous anxiety? And I didn't do either of those things. We've ejaculated, though. Can I say that we've ejaculated? And do you know who we are now? Who are we? We are Mrs. and Mr. in between. Brackets. Days. We're in the in-between days.
3: And we're just popping up to give you a little something for the in-between days. We have asked a few of our favourite guests.
0: Our favourite guests we feel comfortable asking favours of.
3: It's exactly that, isn't it? What's the common denominator? Why do we feel comfortable with these people?
0: Hmm. Well, it's a mix. It's like actual relationships, like people that we see socially. Intersecting with...
3: People who are all warmth, so there's no fear of rejection.
0: Yeah, you just feel like, I think you feel warmly toward me, and you'll do me a favour if I say, I'm really sorry to bother you, but...
3: So what we have asked this... Lovely little gang of people for Mm -hmm. is recommendations of what to watch in these in between days between Christmas and New Year. We said
0: to them, We know we're all done watching Christmas shit now, but also we have some time in which to binge. None of us, I hope, are doing that much work. So you've just got a little window of time. So we asked these people, What are you going to binge in the in between? And they got back to us with voice notes. That's the other piece of criteria is that we could only go to people where we thought these people are going to be comfortable delivering a voice
3: note. Because some people just aren't. I love.
0: I, and I say this as a sociopathic voice noter. I think people who hate to leave voice notes are exclusively good people. Hot take.
3: I don't like to leave a voice note. N-
0: and you're a good guy. Now, as it happens, I'm also like a miracle lady. I'm like a divine. <laughs> and I love, so, so you can voice note and still be a delight. But if you ref- if you hate it, if you refuse to voice note, you, you are a delight.
3: So that's what's coming up. Before we do that, I wanted to read an email from Melissa. The reason I wanted to read this is I think it will be of great interest to you if you are a Succession fan. And I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast have been with us since the Succession days, and this is definitely something worth flagging with you. Melissa writes, Hello, dearest FC and NC. Just a quick one to say I have just seen the Succession prop stroke costume auction is live on Heritage Auctions and they have some juicy bits up for grabs and I had to tell you in case it somehow slips past you both in the end of year limbo stroke chaos. I couldn't forgive myself if Sarah misses out on the chance to own a Lucas Mattson fit. What's a fit? Like a fitted outfit that has been on Alexander Skarsgord's body. This is
0: when I feel like no one really truly understands me. I would never buy that. Melissa, I love you. Thank you. But I still feel like no one ever fully understands the context of my fandom for Succession.
3: You're not into memorabilia?
0: No. What I would do, here's what would mean something to me. Like, if Tony Roche, right? Right. Okay. If I'm trying to really think here. If I was out of town for a gig at a loose end, I think that would be important. I'm in Nottingham or something. And I picked Tony Roche because the impression I get of this guy is like he really doesn't like talking publicly.
3: He doesn't whore himself like the J-Dog.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so he, you're like never going to see him, but that's the that's the whole point. And it's like Tony Roche is in conversation with so-and-so at such and such a place and it's Nottingham. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know what to do today. But Tony Roche is at that Waterstones doing a talk about the writer's room. I'd be like, I'm fucking going to that and i would take um one of the scripts because we have a copy of the scripts and i would show up and we we got to meet tony roche because we did the bfi event it was not a big deal but we were selected by jesse armstrong to like host it (laughs) so i did meet him and i would i would i'm hoping in this moment that i like i made some whisper of an impression but the performance i'm gonna get is like you probably don't remember me but i might have hosted the bfi event. (laughs) <laughs> and I would show up to the water show, and I'd wait in a queue afterwards to get him to sign my book. And I'd be like, hey, Tony, um, or would you, th- would you say
3: Mr. Roche, sir?
0: No. No, because I know that you're fucking with me, but I've to really <laughs> think how we would do it. I would be like, um, I wanted to say something more original than big fan of the show, but that's all that's coming to me, and I was hoping you would sign my book. And then Tony Roche, fingers crossed, would go, hey, am I going crazy or did you host the BF and I, and then I would go like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I feel silly, but I'm a fan and I was in Nottingham for work. And then he'd like sign it. And then he'd be like, to Sarah, I wouldn't look at it. He would just sign it. And then I, would I'd leave and I would say like to Sarah, great to see you again. Um, and then something about like, oh, like and then something about my amazing stage presence. <laughs> and then it would be like your and then in brackets future question mark friend tr <laughs> so that is something i would legit do i would legit do that
3: but you would seem like a crazy person not acknowledging that you'd met
0: i don't think i would seem crazy i mean i maybe maybe what i'm learning right now is that i would seem crazy in my mind i'm like i'm i'm like i'm fascinating as a character to him because I'm, <laughs> Because I was so (laughs) outgoing and big when he met me the first time. Mm. But then, like like an onion, she has so many layers. (laughs) And I'm, like, so timid and afraid on second meeting. And then he'd he'd spend the whole afternoon thinking about me, being like, she
3: needs the stage
0: to come alive. So that is something I would do.
3: Whereas I think some of the things in this auction, I even thought, should I should I bid on that? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's go really on. Really good okay, stuff. Okay. Go on. So I thought we could do a little um, Price Is Right thing. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to mention is the sausages from Bore on the Floor, which weren't real sausages; they were plastic sausages. Okay. This is the current bid. I think it will go up from this. But uh, what is single
0: the... sausage or all sausages? It's, it's
3: four sausages. I think sausages.
0: So how much? What you have was that? Sausages isn't that a thing a dog says?
3: Yes, but weirdly, I thought it was just a thing from a seventies TV show called That's Life here in the UK. I it's hear you that... do it. You oh, say
0: okay. sausages. Okay, so sausages. all, all four sausages from Bora on the floor. Yeah, Can current
3: you... bid. This will go up.
0: I'm re- What I'm really realizing right now is how different I am from other people. This,
3: this seventeen. Days left to go on the auction, so I think the price will rise.
0: So, like opening price, is that what we're talking about? About where it is? A hundred pounds for all four sausages.
3: Three hundred twenty dollars. We're in dollars. Okay, do-
0: fine. People are See, so weird. I think weird. this is low.
3: Um, the sneakers that Kendall wore to impress those young women at the art startup. That's
0: funny. um A grand.
3: Fifty-two dollars. What? yep
0: The sausages of War on the Floor are more than Kendall's sneakers at
3: the moment. This might change. Okay. Is the dossier? That Greg had with all the email, the incriminating emails oh. that he was blackmailing Tom with, is that higher or lower than the sneakers? Higher. Yes, one hundred fifty-five. Uh huh. The scorpion that Tom gave Shiv.
0: Okay. Um. Seventy-two dollars. Five
3: hundred twenty-five. What? Yeah. Ready for this? Yeah. The ludicrously capacious bag.
0: Oh, the ludicrously capacious bag. So that was an expensive item. Like to begin with, that's expensive. That actress was really good. I, she always stuck with me. Um, Two grand.
3: $700. The the speech that Connor wrote for Mo Lester's funeral.
0: Oh, that is, you know, that. I still wouldn't buy that, but that is interesting. Um, Higher
3: or lower than 700 Lower. Which, yeah, two, which, 210.
0: But can I say to every... What's interesting to me is people who are obsessed with succession would pay more for that speech than they would for the bag. So these auctioneers have gotten it wrong.
3: No, this is what... this. These are the current bids. This is what people are bidding at the moment. What? Yeah.
0: But the molester's speech is so much more interesting than a ludicrously capacious bag Those people don't understand the (laughs) fucking show. They don't deserve... You don't fucking deserve succession as entertainment if you think the ludicrously capacious bag is worth more than molester's speech.
3: So that's at 210, the speech. The blender used to make the meal fit for a king.
0: Well, that's it's going to be an expensive piece of, you know, uh, 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 more or less
3: than... 210. More. Lower, 155. What? Yep.
0: But I bet it's like a nice Vitamix or something. I know.
3: So even if you're gonna use some of these things, this is making a bargain. people. Go on. A playbill programme for Willis Play sounds. That's
0: again that's higher higher or lower than
3: 155. uh, higher. Three hundred and ten.
0: Yeah, okay, that's better.
3: All the glassware, the decanter and um, glasses from Logan's private jet on which he died.
0: I have no idea. Five hundred?
3: 52, lower. Um, no
0: idea what I'm doing here.
3: The crate of wine from Tom and Shiv's vineyard. Is there
0: actual wine? It's just like the bottles and whatever. All wrapped um, up. Uh, 173. 105,
3: higher. Okay, is the next one higher or lower? Tom's prison binder.
0: Higher. No,
3: $31 at the moment. What? Yeah. The bronze-coloured jacket that Matson on wore to the tailgate party.
0: Wait, wait, wait. The bronze... Co- oh, higher.
3: 310.
0: Yeah. This is bizarre. This is so weird.
3: The Dodgerick costume that Greg was wearing when we first meet him in the Bright Star Amusement Park. Well,
0: that was a trauma costume for me because he pukes out of the eye holes of that. So I already don't like thinking about this. Um, Lower.
3: $575 higher. That's because
0: people fucking love Greg.
3: The cash out and fuck off birthday card. Higher or lower than 575? 390. All right, last one a check in the name of Roman Roy and the NDA agreement signed by Colin used to pay off the kid in the pilot. What is it? It's a check from Roman Roy's checkbook. Oh, right. Higher or lower than 390?
0: Lower. Yeah, $50. Yeah. I didn't that feels it was... like
3: it should be in the Smithsonian to me.
0: I agree. But I just, this is one of these things It's like, that's like, it's making me, you know, when you find out like, you know, Trump is president. <laughs> And you're like, wow, people are different to me. That's how I feel listening to this. I'm like, wow, people are different to me. People are fucking different.
3: I just think it's so weird that this stuff isn't being kept and put in a collection somewhere.
0: Yeah, that is weird. But I don't know. No one watched it, right? Isn't that the whole thing? But I love that. I mean, it's one of the most interesting details of
3: the world. It's up there with the finest television ever made.
0: By the time it was done and having had some time away from it and having done my Breaking Bad rewatch and Sopranos and shit like that, I feel personally it just is Succession and Sopranos. And then there are these other things that are fucking amazing, but it's not quite the same. But still, so amazing. That's what I think.
3: Because we did a little, we did a mini rewatch over Christmas.
0: Teeny tiny. We were like trying to figure out what to watch with my parents. And there was, we turned the TV on and there was an episode of Succession on. And it was like, um, It was like we were babies being soothed by something. Like It was like we were babies put on the tit. We're like all four of us were like instantly back in, all of us.
3: Mm. So I feel fairly confident I'm not getting any of those things for my birthday then.
0: No. Is that what you want?
2: Maybe that bronze jacket.
0: Yes, but in a different size.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Well, thank you
3: to Melissa for the email. And speaking of Succession, our first recommendation is from a Succession sweetheart, I think.
0: A star of Succession.
3: She's one of the cast members that we talked to in the build-up to the final episode. And I think just that conversation has changed two things forever in my mind. Oh. Firstly, I am now convinced there isn't an upper limit on the number of animals you can have in your home without seeming insane. Because she just seems like a delight.
0: But she had so many animals. Yes. Yeah.
3: Secondly... She makes California living look appealing to me. A pasty Brit.
0: Yes. And hot girls can also be funny.
3: <laughs> She's so funny.
0: A reminder that hot girls can be funny. And um, you know, she was. I mean, I'm not a hundred I'm not a hundred P on this, but I'm pretty sure that her story was she was one of these people who came in, and I'm not sure her story arc was ever supposed to be much of anything. But she was just so good that they were like. Yeah, fuck it. Imagine being so good that that team of writers is like, all right, we've got to keep writing stuff. Can you imagine? It's Justine Lupe, who people will, of course, remember as Willa. And Justine, I just want to say, you're you're going on to so many other amazing things. Of course, she's so young. She's so great. She's so nice. We were wishing her all the best, which we wished for no one, really. <laughs> but if nothing else, Justine, you went in there and you were so good that what will go down in history is one of the great writing teams ever when we got to keep writing for this woman. What a fucking thing you did, you sweet pea. Here it is. A little recommendation from our friend, Justine Lupe, a.k.a. Willa. Okay, so the show that I am going to watch over the holidays, um, which I believe you've mentioned more than once, um, is Happy Valley. Everybody's been talking about it for so long. I've heard that she's just absolutely incredible. Jay Smith Cameron actually wrote me saying, You got to play this woman's sister. She's just incredible. And you kind of look like her, which I uh, will take. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to watch that. I can't wait to see it. I have kind of no idea what I'm getting into, which is exciting. Um, aside from just hearing that it's remarkable and she's the funniest. And so I'm excited to watch it.
1: Okay. Have a great happy holiday. All right. Bye, guys.
3: Oh, and a little mention of J. Smith Cameron as well.
1: No, that's a great
3: detail. And I was thinking, actually, yes, a
0: young Sarah Lancashire does look slightly like Justine Lupe. And Justine, in case you're listening, which I don't want to brag too much, but she might be. It's unbelievable. Here's what my husband says about Happy Valley. And I think he's right about it. In terms of what Sarah Lancashire is giving in the performance, it belongs alongside the greatest TV performances in history. So it belongs alongside Brian Cox and, and Brian Cranston and James Gandolfini. Like it's fucking good. It's like so good. when she said that, I was like, oh, I'm jealous of the ride that's ahead of you. It's so harrowing, but also funny. And I, I've tried, I've tried to get a Sally Wayne right, but it just is not going to happen. She doesn't like to talk, or at least she doesn't want to talk to people she's never heard of. <laughs> Which is fair, but what a fucking genius. That show was so good, it made me want to watch Last Tango in Halifax, which is about old people fucking. (laughs) And I got old parents, so I don't need to be watching any shit about old people fucking. But Sally Wainwright is so amazing that I was like... I'm so bereft now that Happy Valley's over, I guess I'll do Last Tango in Halifax. And then I don't think I made it particularly far for no other reason than that we do this podcast about TV and I had to go watch some other shit.
3: It's also one of those rare examples of the best thing being the most popular thing. It was the highest rated drama, I think, on UK television this year.
0: Don't let Jesse Armstrong hear you say that.
3: <laughs> More succession.
0: So our next voice note, I think if there is an interviewee that maybe we've made a true friend of, this could be it.
3: I think the next time you're in New York, you're going to go for cronuts with her. I know,
0: I think maybe I will. A cronut's still a thing. (laughs) Maybe it's too gross, but I just liked her so much and I thought she liked me. Our next voice note is from Succession Starlet. See, I feel I'm allowed to use these sort of like Problematic female terms. Like I'm feeling bad about starlet. saying.
3: I'm feeling bad about saying sweetheart. I think it's okay.
0: Um, Natalie Gold, aka Rava, aka she has done a sex scene with Kendall Roy. I am not reducing her in that way. In fact, it was really kind of her to do this because she's starring in a Broadway show at the moment, and I think she's really didn't have the fucking time to do this. But she's so nice. She said yes to us, and she did it anyway. Our, I want to say, actual friend. Natalie Gold.
2: Hi there. It's Natalie Gold. I think what I am going to binge watch between Christmas and New Year's is Love Has Won, The Cult of Mother God. It is a three part documentary TV show. It's an HBO original on Max. I have to be really honest and say I've already seen it, but I'm going to play right now. And we as a cast are talking about it nonstop. And there are some people who haven't seen it. So we are re-watching it because you can't take your eyes off it. Happy
3: holidays. It sounded a bit like she was trying not to wake anybody up there.
0: No, I think it's a poor woman who probably had like a two-show day and then was like, oh
3: God, I have to I know, it's so kind everyone. of... It also sounded like... Um, She's being held hostage. She's trying to uh, signal that she needs help without arousing the suspicions of a kidnapper. Like she
0: was blinking a Morse code <laughs> yes. while she was talking to us. <laughs> Love has won the cult of Mother God. I've not heard anything about this. I
3: haven't, but I looked it up and it looks fantastic. It's a documentary series. Do you think you would be susceptible to joining a cult?
0: Yeah, I do. I think some horrible shit would have to happen to me. But I think if like like hyper horrible happened in Hartford. Hereford and Hampshire hurricanes always happen. What musical? My Fair Lady. Um, if hyper horrible happened, I think I would leave you. Sorry.
3: For the cult. Yeah. And would, would, would a charismatic cult leader be involved?
0: Nah, it would be like I can't see you like going that. for a man in a
3: kaftan Ugh,
0: no, it wouldn't be like a dude. It would be like, I love you, but I can't We I can't do this because of our trauma. So I'll move somewhere very far and, like, try to forget everything that has happened to me up until this point
3: and, like, this, this be sounds a servant. Less like an answer and it sounds more like a plan that you've made, a contingency plan. No, but you. Plan. I've
0: noticed a thing in myself as I age and you're like, oh, the good shit is behind and, like, trauma is ahead like good daily moments are still ahead like oh we had a nice walk or oh look at the pretty tree or like oh that made me laugh when you but like marriage birth that shit fucking falling in love that shit is behind now it's like (laughs) when will my parents die (laughs) so there's nothing really nice in the big category to look forward to Uh and so I have noticed that a way that I is I like okay if Jeff dies this is what I'll do oh If this thing happens, here's probably how I would... Like, I I play out very grim scenarios.
3: And had you already pre-gamed joining a cult?
0: No. But as you know, I'm very good at being very present in a moment. And so when you said, is there a scenario where you join a cult? I'm trying to not drag this down too much.
3: Like Terrible uh, trauma.
0: Really bad trauma and needing to, like, believe in something or feel like there'd be another life. And I think in another life, I should have been one of these people who like lived in Colorado or the Pacific Northwest and like- Outdoorsy. I'm, yeah, like I think I have this outdoorsy thing in me and I think if I prioritize that a little more instead of doing like a Peloton
3: video, that could be really good for my mental health. I never think of cults as being particularly outdoorsy. They no, t- but can t- I tell they you- tend t- t- to go around in a minibus. But
0: that's not what I'm picturing. I'm picturing like I join a cult in Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. Or like near, somewhere in Oregon. Yeah. And so I like, no, I guess that's probably it's not one of these. So it's
3: definitely not one of these cults where they keep you underground in a no, bunker. No, I'm not.
0: No, no, I'm not in a bunker. I'm like, there's a lot of like free love. I don't see you in this orgy. I don't see you in orgying. an orgy scenario. It's not orgy. It's free love. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think those things are different. And then I go on my little mountain hike and I are you a sister? plant and I get my hands
3: dirty. So are you a sister wife?
0: Yes, I think I'm a sister wife and I think I toil.
3: The toil. I think I
0: toil. You know what I mean? Like I work my hands and I work the land and I'm sure I have a few animals and like I care for the animals and stuff like that. And like I pass my days until heaven reunites me with, et cetera.
3: Okay. Merry Christmas, everybody.
1: Should we move on to our next in between days voice note? Yes, please. Hello, Sarah and Jeff. Uh, This is friend of the podcast, Nish Kumar. Um, Over the Christmas period, I will be uh, doing what I often do during Christmas, which is select the Christmas episodes of various beloved television sitcoms, mainly from the late 90s through to the early 2010s. So I'll be watching Christmas episodes of The American Office, Friends Christmas episodes, maybe uh, some Parks and Rec Christmas episodes... Dirty Rock always does uh, some really fun Christmas things. But also in an attempt to um, venture outside of the things that I do every single goddamn year, um, I'm actually going to watch Severance because uh, I haven't seen Severance at all. And I'm reliably informed by people who know the things that I like, that I would really like Severance. So basically, I'm going to try to make sure that I watch something new but I suspect also every evening I will watch at least two or three things that I've, um, I'm uh, have i very familiar with. Also, to be clear, Severance does star, star Adam Scott, who is, of course, in Parks and Recreation. So I'm not venturing particularly far out of my comfort zone. And isn't that what Christmas is about? Anyway, Happy New Year! Merry Nishmas! Ho ho Nish! <laughs>
0: I know you don't listen to the podcast for real, but I think you're the greatest person. I'd be so happy if my son grew up to be nice like he's nice. A little bit of earnestness for you from the American on the pod.
3: Well, I loved Severance. Did we? Yes, it took me a while because I thought, is this just too stylized? If you take away the prisoner for the new millennium thing... Is it that good? And I do think it is. I don't think there's anything cheesy about it at all.
0: Here's what I think. I think that like when Succession was still on the air, but not on the air, if you know what I mean, the other two shows that people talked about were White Lotus and Severance. And so we got all up on our high horse being like, these shows are fine and they're good, but they're not comparable. So can we just stop with acting like they're comparable? Where I think we both got to is White Lotus season one was like, solid but not phenomenal white lotus season two was fucking phenomenal and severance we liked but it wasn't you know you get into this stuff where you're like this is for me
3: yeah this, this is this is the thing isn't it succession was the most emotionally intelligent show i've ever seen at the same time as being as funny as the best comedies and that is my sweet spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it took me a while to realise that I probably this will never happen again. I will never have a show that seems so specifically targeted at me. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel a little bit resentful towards these other shows for not being succession. But I, I ended up really liking Severance. I really like Severance. It took me a while to just say, oh, come on, yeah, yeah, it looks like this. It feels like this. It's a bit weird. It's a bit off kilter. But it But it was, and I'm sure will be when it returns, really fantastic and you've summarized what i think about white lotus there um, the show that nish mentioned that i have tried to make friends with and i just can't is parks and recreation
0: mm-hmm.
3: we've tried and i think there's some incredibly funny performances in it but it's it's too nice for me there was a to do on twitter about 30 rock Yes. Did you have an awareness of this? Yes, it yes, it was some they call it 30 Rock Day.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why, but 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 basically, I guess what started off some of this Twitter stuff was a YouTuber wrote like 30 Rock was never the most popular show, but it was so much funnier yes. than Parks and Rec or Community. Right. And I was like, thank you. It's one of the fucking funniest things that has
3: ever been on TV. Just in terms of relentlessness of jokes, it's like watching The Simpsons or Arrested Development. It's, it's, it's one of those shows where all they care about is being funny.
0: But it, it, and the way that I would describe it is it's one of these shows where you're like, am I going insane or is this just a million times better than everything else in its category? And there's no conversation here, which is always how I felt about succession. Like I can think Ozark is OK. I've enjoyed But there's there's not a conversation. So when you look at like Emmy nominations and you're like, are we really going to pretend <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, what are we doing And I feel that about 30 Rock, are we going to pretend that any other Mid-Naughty show was anywhere close to it in terms of just being fucking funny? So I found the whole thing gratifying. I don't find Parks and Rec that good. Friends I Get was a thing, but it was never for me. And um, I liked Severance. I am excited for it to come back. For reasons that I have to investigate on my own time, I feel it's, it's moderately overrated as a show.
3: Thank you and Merry Nishmas to Nish Kumar. Mary Nishmas to us all. And time for another voice note.
0: This is a real-life, actual close friend. Now, also, as it happens, she's the showrunner of a little show called The Buccaneers, which, since we last spoke to her, has been renewed for season two. So in celebration of that fact, there are so few people that I wish well, but oh my God, do I wish this woman well. And when I found out that she was getting another fucking series of her Fucking big fancy show! I felt my own little bit of adrenaline rush for her. This is our real life, actual friend, Buccaneers showrunner Catherine Jakeways. Sarah and Jeff, hello! Happy Christmas to you! Um, quite cross about Christmas television this year. Last Christmas, our absolute highlight—not just of the festive period, but of the entire year—was the twenty seventh of December, where we stayed in our pajamas all day. And watched the entire series of The Traitors from beginning to end. And we've all talked about it as our absolute annual highlight. So, bit cross that The Traitors has been pushed to January this year. And we can't repeat that. Uh, In its absence, I plan to watch Top Boy, which is a big gap of mine. And I know everybody says how good it is. And I've been meaning to watch it for ages. So, I'm hoping to watch that. In reality... I suspect it's likely to be the usual fare of first dates, goggle box, and a quick whiz round the shopping channels. Lots of love to you all. Happy Christmas. Bye.
3: Now, this is interesting to me that Catherine is watching the shopping channels. There are some channels that I, I just didn't think people went to in this day and age, and it was just a matter of time before they pull the plug out. Sarah, you, you watch the music channels. I
0: like music videos.
3: And I think most people, if they want to watch a music video, they look it up on YouTube but at night, you will quite often put VH1.
0: Well, actually, or MTV no. bass. what I do is that where does a music channel start? I think they start around 351 in the UK. <laughs> so I'll go to 351 to like four, and it's just like top hits today, but then it'll be like soft rock and then hard rock and then krang and then um, music of the 80s, music of the 90s. And you find it really annoying. Unless it's like um 80s or sometimes 90s British music, and then you don't mind coming in on the middle and riding it through to the end of the song, and if you're comfortable, letting our listeners know if it's a woman that you ever masturbated to <laughs> as a teenager, that will you'll be like, oh, I used to, you know, oh, it's wank Mel, it's Mel and her. Kim, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two, you really used to do a lot to that one lady,
3: but well, it was it was more Mel not Kim. All right, I think that's
0: gonna make Kim. Oh,
3: she's dead. No, I think Kim might still be with us. Did
0: you wank to the dead one or the live one? The
3: the dead one. Oh, honey. That isn't what did for her.
0: No, I don't think that she's dead because you masturbated to her. Do you ever masturbate to celebrities anymore?
3: No. No need.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We did a VR experience at the um, London Aquarium. (laughs) And once we were all done, Jeff went, just imagine what that's going to do for pornography across the next decade. (laughs) What if we I'm, had VR? And well, then what, what do I do? I put my goggles on and I have, what, like a...
3: A hunk. A hunk. Rip, rippling his abs. Ugh. Flexing his biceps. It's not my vibe. Whilst he made love to... <laughs> <Thrust>. <laughs> you could thrust to the tune Do You know, the only... While rippling his muscles at the same time.
0: I think... I can think of one person that I've been biblically with who had abs. Like, abs!
3: I think I've probably got them. They're just... <laughs> deep down <laughs> they're just
0: really far down you're deep down six-pack
3: <laughs> <laughs> um another voice note co-creator and director of breeders director he's one of
0: your besties Yep.
3: Yeah, um uh, director i don't know what he was consulting producer existed i don't know what on, on veep ollie in the thick of it Fine comedian. I loved his sitcom Lab Rats. Never, never saw it. It's very cartoony and very silly and very good. It is Chris Addison. For some reason, the English Hugo Spears' incredible Western odyssey, went completely unnoticed in spite of the fact that it stars legit Hollywood A-lister Emily Blunt. It's an extraordinary series. It's a big swing, highly stylistic and probably a bit marmitey cause you're either going to find that irritating or you're going to be all in for the whole thing she's incredible Chasky spencer who plays opposite her is incredible rafe's ball is having the time of his life it's so stylish it's so gorgeous it's so much fun um, and practically nobody watched it you should binge the lot <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Addo, there. I've never even heard of this. What is it?
0: It's. I don't know, but I remember seeing like um, Emily Blunt in Western Wear, and I like. I feel very warmly towards Emily Blunt, and I met. Ray This is very, very like <laughs> of me, but okay. When I first moved here, and I was like actively. Actively trying to make friends the way that some other person might actively try to like find a, you know, like be uh, online dating. I was like actively looking for friends. And I had another friend named Rafe who was, I'll say it, a fucking star fucker like you have never seen. (laughs) So charming. I liked him so much. He's He's great. he's, He's great. He's hot as Shit. He's one of the hottest people I've ever seen in person. And he would like go on the tube and women would come up to him and he'd like go fuck them in hotels. This guy was like so so he would like literally fuck famous women and then all of his friends were famous and it was like gross but magical and like gross and great. And so he's like, Come to uh like I'm having a birthday party at my flat, come around I was like, Okay, I'm this was like before you'd worn me down and I would like go on
3: social engagements.
0: <laughs> So I went to his birthday party at this flat in Notting Hill like two weeks after I moved here. And Rafe Spall was there because Rafe Spall is one of his good friends. I always
3: found it weird that he was called Rafe and his best friend was I Rafe Spall. that's Small. so
0: stupid. You are, people don't be best friends with people who have the same name as you. And, Especially if it's an unusual name. And do not marry someone who has the same name as you. Anyway. Rafe Spall. Oh, my God. So, Ray Saw was there. Andrew Scott was there before he got super famous. And I, he was really, really nice. And we really got on. And so, I, like, pursued him as a friend. Not, I don't think, from a, a star fuckery way, although possibly, and I'm not willing to confront that. But I have, like, if you go back in my phone 10 years, there's all this text messaging between me and Andrew Scott. Really? Trying to make him my friend. And then, in my defense, because always, ultimately, I'm amazing, there was some point where I was like, because oh, wasn't he Moriarty or something in Sherlock Holmes with right, what's his name? yes. And I went with Rafe to see him in a play and there were all these people who were like obsessive Sherlock Holmes fans mm. and I went, oh fuck, this guy's famous. So and, you backed off. And then I was like, I'm not going to be friends with you. You're, you're famous. And I, I didn't quite understand. I thought you were just like a funny, charismatic guy and we should hang out because also, hello, funny and charismatic.
3: Is it asking you to make yourself too vulnerable to say what happened with another one of Rafe's famous friends.
0: Oh. oh, my God. What was his name? John Grant. Oh, my God. Okay, you know John Grant, the musician, so he was another one of Rafe's famous friends. And we also... I mean, look, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to put this, but if I make a decision where I go, I'm going to make this person really think I'm great. It usually goes okay for me. No, I'm only targeting people I think are susceptible to my wily ways. So John Grant was, we went out a few times and he thought I was so wise.
3: So <laughs> About we, relationships. Yeah,
0: yeah, people. yeah. I was like, well, I think what's going on is this, that, and the other, right? And he was like, you're fucking brilliant. And I was like, what?
3: <laughs> like I couldn't That's believe. all you ever want to hear from. I someone. was like
0: in Notting Hill at dinner in England. Like I had a boyfriend, you, who used to make a shit ton of money. I was like, what is my life? That I met like a fan like I couldn't believe I was like 32 and like some guy was telling me how smart I was. And I it was a very delightful <laughs> time. And so I liked him and we got on and, and he and I like got us tickets to go see a show. Anyway, I think I was I said something to him like we were talking about getting together and I was like, hey, should we do you want to try for Wednesday night? I'm available platonically available. Like I was making a joke uh, I'm sh- that I'm sure was stupid and not funny. I'm not saying it was clever, but I kept saying I'd be like so platonically. And then he was like, hey, sweetheart, um, I just want to be really clear. You know that I'm gay,
3: right? Oh.
0: And that I, I oh. understand like this is not oh. I,
3: I. I feel did, sick. Did you ever reply? Was that it?
0: Yeah, I think I did. I was like, oh, my God, I, I did. I meant it as a joke, but I'm a moron. So, like, what was I even talking about?
3: So he thought, you thought. So there was
0: something between us. Oh, th-
3: which Number you would try to is, pour cold water on.
0: Oh, my God. He's like, you know, I'm not really hitting on you. I was like, no!
3: Okay, time for our final voice note.
0: He is, I think he's one of the most, he's one of the most singular people we've ever met. I agree. He's just not like other people. He's written Men in Black. He's written Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He's written Full Circle. He's written, like, everything.
3: He's also proved himself to be this Hollywood mensch during the writer's strike. Yes. Doing these online writing workshop conversations, raising money for people affected by the WGA strike. He's incredible.
0: And he... What I was so struck by when we interviewed him is, like, the the humility... I'm almost worried for him. <laughs> I almost want to tell him how amazing he is. I th- and I don't think, he's think fine. I don't think I've ever met anyone who is so successful, who remains so driven from a place of like sweetness. He's just bizarre. He's fucking bizarre that someone who's done what he's done is like, you know, maybe one day I'll make it. I'm like, dude, you fucking made it. You've done it. You've you've done it. But also at the same time, he has a certain kind of Zen energy that suggests he does know that. I can't explain this guy. He's very, very weird and unbelievably wonderful. I think we can say it's our friend, writer Ed Solomon. Hey,
2: this is Ed Solomon. Okay, so the first show I always recommend to people is I Hate Susie. Season one and I Hate Susie two, which was on a year ago. If you haven't seen it, it's an incredible performance with Billy Piper. Just a great show, shocking, original, really amazing. I love the Detectorists, which I know has been on for a few years. I also like Colin from Accounts. Colin from Accounts has got a similar tone to Detectorist, entirely different type of show though. Um, really sort of sweet. What We Do in the Shadows, probably my favorite show on television. The, the blend of just fecklessness and pomposity, is just my kind of humor. On the film side, I've really enjoyed Past Lives. I thought a of a Fall was interesting. I I liked Boas Afraid. Actually, I know that's a controversial one. Maybe it was too long, but I I I thought it was quite bold yeah. and really interesting. And then there's the old standbys, which I'll always go to when I'm just feeling like watching a comfort movie. And for me, a comfort movie is like. The Godfather. And I know that makes me a typical American or certainly a typical American male of about my age. Chinatown. Yeah, those are the ones I would go to. And we just watched a trashy, I think it was the one I think it on now in, in the UK, a documentary called Mind Over Murder. It's like a six-episode trashy true crime story that was really fun. Oh, and one more. Across the Spider-Verse is staggering animation and a really just mind-blowing piece of work, I think.
0: You feel zenned out having listened to Ed's sweet, sweet dulcet tone. He
3: gave us so much there, didn't he? Firstly, I Hate Susie is brilliant, written by Lucy Preble. Who? Of Succession <laughs> fame.
0: Oh, that one.
3: Uh, and it's, it's, it's truly excellent television. Yeah, it's I, it's if, like nothing else.
0: Yes, and I, I really, really liked I Hate Susie
3: and I fucking loved i hate susie too interesting that he mentioned the detectorists because he like you is american yeah, I see where this is and this is british comedy that is landing with him i've always worried that that's going to be too slow for you i'll tell you what i read on variety's website bob odenkirk i saw this wrote a, a, a mini essay which was in praise of the royal family so firstly, that, that seems like an unlikely combination that he would have found mm-hmm. it. Secondly, we had such a lot of reaction to the conversation with Craig Cash about Carolina Hearn and the Royal Family and Mrs. Merton. I just thought that was worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting.
3: And What We Do in the Shadows is a fantastic recommendation from Ed. Um, yeah. Some brilliant comic performances in that. In fact, the, all those leads are, are so good. Yeah, no weak links. Well, thank you to all our friends.
0: All our friends of the pod
3: for their voice notes hopefully plenty there for you to go on in these in-between days mr and mrs in between wish you some big fat binging
0: televisually across the next few days For New Year's Eve, by the way. Anything good?
3: You could listen to Radio 4, where we will be hosting Pick oh of the God. Pods, the best of this year's BBC podcasts. Look,
0: inside hot inside take, we'll be going on the socials we'll being like, guys, are doing Pick of the Pods. You've got to listen. I don't imagine if you listen, I think the people who listen to this podcast are the people who shouldn't listen to us on Pick of the Pods. Don't you
3: agree? Because, I know there's, we're not so- because there's no effing or blinding. Because
0: <laughs> and- I basically think it's us all cleaned up for the BBC and we're just less adorable that way. Like if you're trying if you want to listen to me be like I'm giving the BBC what it wants. <laughs> Here's a great podcast you should listen to.
3: But the selection podcast is is really good. We we went through this year's BBC podcast and selected some of our favorites and the the quality is excellent and you will hear some Great clips.
0: Every podcast that we say is good, I I believe that. So that's not what I'm fucking making fun of. What I'm making fun of is me doing a certain kind of like... Yeah, it was really heavy. Like, it's me trying to ride a tone a certain way. Being like, in a really difficult moment, I think that what... Do you see the shift in my voice?
3: I feel that Terry Gross just entered the room.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And so I... I'm sure you'll think it's amazing. <laughs> but hearing myself, I was like, oh, God. It's like ser- it's like I feel like I can hear myself trying to be a serious radio person.
3: But if you're going to have a big night out on New Year's Eve and you're on a pregame, <laughs> listen to us no, no. selecting the... Uh, Here's the- when
0: they should listen to it. Mm. Um, I think listen to it on the 1st. On the 1st, you're going to want to go on an amble, a January 1st amble. Listen to us on Pick of the Pods, not because I sound... natural at every moment but because um, if you do want some good new listening like if you want legit good podcasts even if I'm not 100% comfortable with my pitch at every turn we are only mentioning stuff that we legit thought was good because you know we pride ourselves on our taste
3: always. But if you want to listen to it live it's quarter past six New Year's Eve on BBC Radio 4.
0: That is fucking fancy don't act like it's fucking not. I'm getting my fucks out now because they're not allowed on Radio (laughs) (laughs) 4. Ready, like, two, one, All right, everyone. Look, the next time we talk to you, it'll be 2024. I mean, how's your year been? It's just a mix. Like, life is only ever a mix. Maybe you still think life is easy. I don't know your story. Ready, like, two, I hope it was okay for you. New Year's Eve is, is always
3: meh. I used to have great New Year's Eves until I met you.
0: Oh that's true. She's not joking. You used to have a great New Year's Eve until you met me. I'm sorry, that's because well, I'm not gonna say this. You <laughs> zah, zah, whatever people say. I hope you have a good one. Um, We are going to be hanging with some friends. You like everyone individually, but in a group, you feel stressed. But your social lubricant at the party is going to be a karaoke machine. We're going to be united in song. Oh, my God. My friend Asia and I have been practicing because we know there's a karaoke machine coming. Asia and I are going to do. Don't let the sun go down on me. I'm going to do George Michael because my voice is like pretty actually amazing on that song and Asia is tone deaf but she doesn't know so she's going to come in very committed on the Elton John part and it's going to be I'm already ready for it to be a great moment at the party and then we're going to do the song Shallow from the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper version of A Star is Born which I think will also be funny
3: so you're not going to leave him always wanting more
0: no it's not about that on New Year's (laughs) Eve I just want to sing Happy New Year 2024 will be like all the other years but you can, you guys, you guys, you guys, as you are forming your New Year's resolutions, remember this. People change, but not a lot. So you're gonna be the same old you in 2024. But can you move half of a toe, half of an inch forward in one kind of regard? I'm gonna try. I look forward to joining you in your efforts of self-improvement. Happy New Year, everybody! I